Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. My name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. We're so honored and blessed to have all of you with us this morning. You know, as we were uh, getting ready to, well, going through the videos thing here, the Lord started just putting upon my heart, and you've heard this phrase most likely, his grace is sufficient for you. And I believe that God's grace is sufficient for you to fulfill what he's called you to do in this life. And each of you have a unique calling. Each of you have a unique place that God has ordained. And I believe that his grace will give you the ability to be able to live out his purpose for your life. And so just start out with that as a thought. But we want to... Uh, continue to look to God in this series because I believe we're going to be learning some things about this pattern that Jesus gave his disciples that we know and are familiar with as the Lord's Prayer. And so this morning, I'll begin with just a little humor, if that's okay. We'll start right there, right? There was this young boy about five years old, and mom got pregnant. His mom got pregnant, and and so as a family, uh, they got together and they started praying. And so uh, the first month they prayed, uh, and he wanted a little brother. So he was praying for a boy. And so uh, the second month, you know, they would continue to meet for prayer uh, on a regular basis. But then he would pray, and then he continued to pray the second month and the third month. After that, he stopped. He stopped praying. So uh, the pregnancy came to full term. His mom had the baby, and so his dad was taking him to the hospital to meet, you know, the, the newcomer, and it just happened as the father pulled the sheet away, there was a, a little boy, and he said, you prayed for that little boy, and he, this, this five-year-old got so excited, so happy, and then he pulled a little further, and there was a second child, a little girl. And he, this shocked look on his face, and then he pulled the sheet back a little further, and there's a third child. There's another boy, triplets. And, he's, and his father said to him, now, aren't you glad you prayed? Look what God has done. He's given us triplets. And the little boy said, you know, aren't you glad that I stopped praying after three months? <laughs> yeah, well, there'd be nine of those guys. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, today what we're talking about in the Lord's Prayer is daily bread, God's provision. And I believe we're going to gain some things that will help us because we all struggle in life with seeing needs met, especially when there's unmet needs, especially when there's lack. Uh, there's a whole lot of challenges along those lines. But uh, this morning, as we pray, I, I want to be mindful of the terror activity in London. There was another terror attack there. Uh, but we want to uh, lift that situation up. And so, and as I, as I open in, in prayer this morning, I just want to begin to walk through the pattern of prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as we pray. Heavenly Father, we do come before you in the name of Jesus, and we honor you and acknowledge you as our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be 
thy name. We honor you for who you are, for you are our provider. You are the one who meets and supplies our every need. You're the God who has become our strength in, in time of need. We look to you today and we acknowledge who you are in our life. We thank you and we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, let your kingdom influence prevail in our lives. Let your influence prevail in our homes. We pray, Father, that your will would be done in our life, that you would make clear and certain your will for us in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We thank you for provisional needs that you are meeting and supplying in our life. We look to you as the provider, as the source of provision in Jesus' name. And Father, we lift up uh, London. We lift up those that were affected, family members that lost loved ones in this terror attack. And we pray for greater security and greater further protection for the inhabitants of, of that nation and that city. And we, we pray that you would raise up those that would further stand in opposition to such violence and that you would secure the well-being of, of people, Father, in our nation and the nations of this world. We pray for an end to terrorism that you would, Father, raise up those intelligence agencies to, to detect and uproot and, and stop this violence from taking place. We ask for your help and your intervention in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to again see uh, this prayer that Jesus uh, shared as he was teaching his disciples. And again, we've shared with you that Jesus was not necessarily just giving a particular prayer, but he was providing a pattern of how we pray, which deals with various areas and issues of our lives and our existence on this earth. But in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 9, I'm reading from the King James Version. It reads, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. See, in this series, we're exploring and discovering the true purpose of prayer, as we see revealed through the Lord's Prayer. And I believe that prayer is one way that we encounter the presence of God. We can encounter the presence of God in worship, but we can also encounter the presence of God when we're spending time in prayer. And I believe that prayer is not just a duty or a work of the flesh but prayer is an encounter with God, and we need to see it as that. And so I, I think sometimes people, they don't have time to pray. And when you think about it, you're really saying you don't have time to spend with God. What if I were to say, I don't have time for Deb. I don't have time for my kids. Well, that would say to them, they're not important if I don't have time for them. Whatever you can't find time for is something that's not important to you. You don't have time for something that's not important to you. So if you don't have time to pray, then God 
Is he really important to you? Well, maybe you need to reconsider that and look at that. And so prayer is regarded, and I've shared this, and I believe it's important, and so hearing it again is not going to hurt you. Prayer is regarded as one of the spiritual disciplines of Christianity. Yet it's much more than that. I believe it's a means of connecting with the heart of God to discover his will, to come to know his plan and the purpose that he has for your life. And so Jesus taught his disciples to pray after they made the request. We see that reference in Luke chapter 11. And I believe it's because the disciples witnessed Jesus' effective prayer life. Because he had spent a night in prayer, he had spent time in prayer, and then he'd go out and do miracles. And he'd do great things, preaching the gospel, setting the captives free. And so his disciples were wise in saying, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And, and that's something that should be our heart too. Lord, help us. Teach us how to pray so that we can have an effective prayer life. See, the Lord's Prayer is divided up into two sections, or we could say two categories. First of all, God. Secondly, us. The God part is our Father, thy kingdom, and thy will. And that's all in reference to God. The part that's to us is give us, forgive us, lead us, and deliver us. Those aspects of the Lord's Prayer are in reference to our lives and the lives of others. When we consider this message this morning, if you're taking notes, you might want to just jot down Matthew 6.11 because we'll look at this verse in particular as we look at daily bread. Matthew 6.11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. Now this verse is only seven words. But yet it's so important to understand the foundation of what God wants us to pray for. This gives us that foundation of what God wants us to pray for. In Benson commentary, uh, Bible commentary, he makes a statement about the phrase daily bread that is seen in this passage. And he comments, daily bread is that which is sufficient to our life or what will strengthen us from day to day for serving God with cheerfulness and vigor. See, in my life, I want to serve God with cheerfulness, with a good attitude, and with vigor. I, I don't want to be half in, half-hearted. I want to be all in. I want to give it my best shot. Amen? And some Christians live their Christianity so half-heartedly to the point that you can't even recognize and tell that they're Christians. You might have to say, well, maybe they are. See, if, if you ever have to question whether a person's a Christian or not, that's an issue, if they are a Christian, that is, because we need to live this thing out in such a way that Jesus becomes so evident in his character development in our life, okay? Now, so when, when we say, give us this day our daily bread, we pray for all that we need in order to sustain life, which includes everything we need to make it in life. See, this is a prayer of dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. It's admitting that God is our provider because we're looking to him, we're addressing him. And it's a daily thing. It's, it's, see, it's interesting. We start trusting God, our Father, as our provider. See, we're to petition God for our needs. 
And, and really, that's what we see in this particular passage. So I have three points for you this morning. And the first point, you can write this down if you're taking notes. God wants us to pray that our natural needs would be met. God wants us to pray that our natural needs would be met. And we can call it natural provision. <coughs> that God wants your natural his natural provision to be manifest in your life. It's not God's will that you suffer from lack, from poverty, from insufficiency. In fact, if you really study the scriptures, you discover that poverty is a curse. It is not a blessing. It's a curse. Lack is a curse. Insufficiency is a curse. It's not a blessing. However, those things help us to shift our trust and focus in God. When we're facing lack, when we're facing poverty, we look to God as our source. And it's interesting because it's references daily bread. It's not annual bread. Oh, see, if, if, see, and I think part of it is because God wants us to connect with him every day. If he supplies your entire need for the next year, you wouldn't need to pray, would you? But if you are having need every day and looking to him for provision every day, then you need to spend time with him every day, petitioning him. Now, the fact that Jesus mentions bread teaches us that material things do not out, uh, lie outside the realm of prayer. It's, it's within the realm of our prayer. See, it's not on unscriptural or unspiritual to pray for physical needs to be met. And so sometimes people can think, well, you're just being selfish. You're praying for your own personal needs. No, Jesus instructed his disciples to pray that way for your physical needs to, to be met. It's not wrong to pray for physical needs to be met. It's not wrong to pray for natural provision, to, pr to provide for your family, uh, to provide for shelter, for clothing, for your house and for your transportation. You know, in fact, it's not wrong to pray for a good car that doesn't break down all the time. Right? That's okay to pray that way. You might say, oh, you, you, you shouldn't pray for a good car. You should just pray for any car. Well, there's a lot of cars out there that, you know, could cause a lot of grief and headache and heartache for you. And so... Uh, it's not selfish to pray for a car that doesn't break down, okay? So just make a note of that. So give us this day our daily bread. It actually sounds redundant, doesn't it? Why doesn't it just say, give us our daily bread? It says, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, there's, a, there's a reason for that, I believe, because God is emphasizing the fact that he wants us to connect with him every day to address and acknowledge our daily needs. And, and it's, it's recognizing that he's a provider. Because often what happens is people look to themselves. Oh, I don't need God. I've, I've got this in the bank account. You know, I've got a, a, a cabinet full of groceries. You know, we're good. We're supplied. And so we don't think about it. But when we acknowledge God on a daily basis, even though you paid for the item last week, you're eating it today, you're still thanking God and acknowledging him as your provider. You're thanking him for your daily bread, your daily provision. That's, that's getting you through today. 
excuse me, I need to take a drink of water here. All right, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8. <coughs> 1 Samuel 2, verse 8, it says, He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. Now, it's interesting, and we need to note this is the heart of God. He wants to lift you from a place of lack, from a place of poverty. He wants to lift you from a place of need to a place of his provision. See, if, if we don't learn to depend on God for his provision, we will begin to look for provision from some other source. And the question I have for you on this first point, is God your source? Have you made that determination in your life that God is your source, that God is my source? My challenge is to encourage you to do that because otherwise you're looking to others. You're looking to government. You're looking to someone to supply and meet your need. But you can look to God. Now, God will move through the avenues and the channels of, of human beings or through you know, your employer and, and through other avenues. He'll move through those avenues, but we must acknowledge that it comes from God, that he is the one who provides and supplies all of our needs. Now, God designed us to eat daily, didn't he? Now, uh, uh, Tracy and Nathan, my son and daughter-in-law, you know, it would be wonderful if, if their brand-new baby, Roman, would only eat once a day or once a week, but it's every two hours. They have to feed that guy. And anyone that is a newborn baby, you know that. You know that effort well. You, you know, they, they eat a lot or often. And so, but God designed us to eat daily. And I believe one of the reasons was to be dependent upon him, to recognize that we need him every day to be sustained. And so, see, we're dependent upon the Lord, and he wants to come and meet our requests. He wants us to come to him. Matthew 21, verse 22, I'm going to give you a couple of passages here because we see many, many references, and I'm only giving you a few that address petition prayer where we can go to God and ask him for something. Matthew 21, 22 says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. See, you see that condition. Faith means believing ability, that you believe, that you trust, and you look to him. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, and we understand there's other conditions. This is a, a person who is submitted to God and going after God with right motives because we've already prayed through, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And now we're petitioning God for our daily needs, our daily bread. Luke chapter 11, verse 10 says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Again, here we see God showing us his desire to meet us at our place of need, our point of need. And, and then John 14, 14, if you ask anything, or if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So 
I believe that God is anticipating us asking. And a little bit later, we're going to see another verse in James that addresses this. So point number one, again, realize that God wants us to pray that our natural needs would be met. It's okay to pray that your natural needs would be met. See, if you're going with unmet needs, could it be that you failed to ask? Because you have not, because you ask not. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's in James. We'll look at that a little later. Point number two, God is a giver. God is a giver. See, it's his nature. In Hebrews eleven six, you can just jot that down. Uh, he's a rewarder of those who seek him. He, he loves to reward people. He loves to give to people. John three sixteen says, God so loved that he gave. Okay? God's a giver by nature. And so he's looking and longing for opportunities to give to us. So... How do we know this? Because of how Jesus taught his disciples. He said, give us. He said, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. Look at John, not John, but James chapter 117. James 117. This, again, is a verse that really helps us to understand the character of God. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. In other words, if God's a good God who gives good gifts, he's not going to change in that regard. He's going to always be a good God who gives good gifts to his children. Now, see, there's, there's a Hebrew name for God that reveals Himself, he reveals himself as our provider. That's Jehovah Jireh. We discussed that a couple of weeks ago. The Lord is our provider. He is the one who provides. And this is one of the first Hebrew names that we see in the scripture that reveal God's heart. He's a provider. He's a supplier of those that are in need. In Matthew 6.11 we see Jesus is, is actually referencing Exodus 16.4. And so let's look at Exodus 16.4. I'm laying a good foundation for you this morning, and I, I believe it will be helpful because I believe we're going to begin to see a greater manifestation of God's provision in our lives as we understand the importance of petitioning him in this regard as we see in the Lord's Prayer. Exodus 16, 4, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion or not. So now think about this. Here this nation of people are in a wilderness. There's no 7-Elevens. There's no quick trips. There's no cops. There's no convenience stores. There's nothing around. And so they're totally dependent upon God for their sustenance. And so God said, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. And see, so Jesus is referencing this when he, as he's teaching his disciples the Lord's Prayer, that he will bring bread from heaven, exactly what you have need of for that day. And so uh, notice God provided the manna. 
But they had to gather it. They had to prepare it. God did his part, but we must do our part. And see, there's some people that are sitting, okay, they're waiting for God to move. Yeah, God's moving, but you need to do your part. There's something you need to do. Amen? Get a job. Okay. Uh, if, if, if that fits, you know, wear it. Anyway. But if we drop down in verse 15 in Exodus 16, uh, this, this story continues. And it says, when the people of Israel saw it, that is the manna. See, all of a sudden, God rains down this bread from heaven. And they see it. It says, they said to one another, what is it? Did you know that's what manna is? That's the word for what is it? Manna, that's what it means. Okay. And so they call it, what is it? What is it? Well, it's manna. It's that, what is it? Okay. And so God, when we look at God's provision, sometimes we say, what is it? You know, okay. Anyway, let's read on. Uh, for they did not know what it was. See, sometimes we fail to even recognize God's provision when it shows up. Understand that, okay? And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. In other words, take enough to meet your needs. And you know what's interesting? Some decided to take extra. They said, well, maybe tomorrow I, don't feel, I won't feel like going out to gather the manna, so I'll just take enough for two days. And you know what would happen with the leftovers? It would begin to infest, be infested with worms, and it was no good to eat. So you couldn't keep it. They didn't have refrigeration, so they couldn't just throw it in the refrigerator to keep it for the next day. Uh, some of you would probably not, uh, or not think it would be too bad to have a life without leftovers. Right? How many of you like leftovers? Yeah, half, about half of you. So leftovers, it can go either way for me. It depends what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll just keep moving along. My wife's such a good cook, there's very seldom leftovers. Right? Okay. <laughs> All right. But God provided for what every family needed. And we need to realize and we see in this text that provision comes from God. The Father wants to provide our need, but he wants us to ask him. In Matthew 7, 11, Matthew 7, 11, it says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Wow, that's a powerful passage. See, it's relating. In, in the natural, we have the potential to be evil, but even as natural human beings, we know how to give good things to our children. But how much more will the Heavenly Father give to those who ask him? And so he is anticipating your request. And you might say, well, why do I have to ask? He knows what I have need of. Because the asking part is where we release our faith, where we place our trust, where we engage with God's provision. 
to be able to be manifested to meet and supply the need. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things. Notice it says all things. All things that pertain to life and godliness. That refers to what's in the natural and to that which is spiritual. Okay? He has provided and granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Notice, through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. That's why it's good to spend time in the word, to gain knowledge so that you can receive understanding of, of the truth, so that you can appropriate and receive what you have need of in this life. <coughs> See, this prayer daily keeps us dependent upon God. So I call it daily bread living. Daily bread living. Daily bread living is gratitude to God for all of his blessings. See, you need to acknowledge all of his blessings. Daily bread living is contentment with what God has already provided. You need to be, you need to be thankful for what you have. See, a, a thankful heart is so important in order to receive more. Because if you are unthankful, an unthankful heart stops short of the blessing of God in our life. It prevents God from bringing to you what he desires you to have. Because you're ungrateful, you're unthankful. And there's always a little grumpiness that goes with that too. Daily bread living is confidence that God will faithfully meet and supply my needs every day. It's that confidence. Daily bread living is generously, is living, is generously being, let me back up a little bit. I, I got this wrong in my notes, so I'll step away from my notes. How about that? It's being generous towards others. We need to live generously towards others when we see needs, when we're aware of needs, that you can do something to help. Something to sacrifice. Number three, point number three, God promises to supply your every need. He promises to supply your every need, both spiritual and physical. Philippians 4.19, turn with me there if you would. Philippians 4.19, if, if we read this in context, we see that this is a time where the Apostle Paul is commending the Philippians and he's talking about a gift that he had received from them. And he relates this promise to them in verse 19. It says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He'll supply every need of yours. How many of you believe Philippians 4.19? How many of you believe that passage? It is the word of God. It is a promise for us. This includes our spiritual need. See, Jesus taught us to pray for our daily bread, not for our daily food. Okay? Because bread also relates to spiritual things. Jesus said that healing was the children's bread. Uh, Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we know that there is a 
There is spiritual food for you. There is daily bread spiritually that you can receive. You can receive a word from God today. As you spend time in prayer, God can give you a word that can sustain you through that day. A word of encouragement. A word of promise. Maybe it can be a word of rebuke so that you can get your act together. Maybe it can be a word that can bring you to a point of repentance so you can get on track with God. So uh, we, we realized that freedom from bondage is also the children's bread. All through Scripture, we see that bread has a spiritual connotation, has, has a spiritual meaning. And maybe your spiritual bread or your daily bread may be guidance. Maybe it, it's wisdom to make the right decision. Maybe it's direction. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's a better marriage. It could be any one of those things. In John chapter 6, starting at verse 31, we see Jesus addressing uh, the manna from heaven. And he, he starts in his discourse in verse 31, Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32, Jesus then said to them, <coughs> Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. I mean, that sounded, we, we want some of this bread. Then Jesus in verse 35 said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in him shall never thirst. So Jesus makes this declaration that he is the bread of life. So when we essentially pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're praying for Jesus to be our bread of life. Amen? And so we can get a word of God every day. If you feed on physical food, you also need to feed on spiritual food. See, we have not received very often because we haven't asked. It's interesting, and I, I told you ahead of time we're going to come to this. In James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, it says, You do not have because you do not ask. How often do we fail to have our needs supplied because we've simply failed to ask. You know, and we can relate this in the natural. Uh, I'm the kind of guy, I'll, I'll try to, you know, do things on my own. In fact, one of the things is now on the day of GPS, thank God, I don't have to stop at a gas station and ask for directions. How many of you guys can relate and remember the time when your wife would say, just stop at the service station and ask for directions? And we wouldn't do it because we didn't want to, who knows why we wouldn't do it. We just didn't want to embarrass ourselves or something. But we didn't ask. And so because we didn't ask, we just drove around and burned up a lot of gas, okay? And so uh, the same goes with this when we understand that there's a lot of things that if you just ask, and Jesus is saying, if you just ask me, the Father is saying, if you just ask me, I would give it to you. But we fail to ask. Now notice it goes on to say in verse 3, 
You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. And so the motive of asking is key. You need to ask with the right motivation. If your motivation is wrong, maybe that's why you, you are not receiving answer to prayer. You might say, I've been asking, Pastor, but I haven't received the answer. Well, check your motive. Check your motive because maybe your motive needs to be addressed. See, many times we lay up all night, we're worried, and many times it's because we're thinking about how are the needs going to be met for the next day? How are the needs going to be met next week? Where's the money coming from? Where's the provision coming from? And, and we, we lay awake and we're worrying when God is saying, ask me. I believe that daily manna is a test. It's a trust test. As we close, I want to share a little story. The, the first time I went on a mission trip, I went down to Monterey, Mexico. And we were, uh, I was meeting and we're connecting with a missionary down there. And I can remember we had just left uh, Dallas International Airport and we take off. We had a connecting flight from Chicago down to Dallas and Dallas down to Monterey. And we were just passing the south, southern part of Texas and because the pilot got on board and said, we're now leaving America, American airspace. We're entering into the nation of Mexico. And I looked across that country from, you know, 30,000 feet or so. And I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what message do you want me to share with the Mexican people? Because there was a number of churches that were lined up. I was going to be speaking in a number of places. And I just asked that question, kind of a random question. Lord, what message do you have for the Mexican people that you want me to share? And just as I asked that question, it rose up in my spirit. And the Lord spoke to me and said, tell them that my provision is far greater than the greatest need. And as soon as that word came up, there was a joy and excitement. I realized that that word was not just for the Mexicans that I'd be speaking to, but that word was for me. Because that word impacted my life, knowing that his provision is far greater than our greatest need. And let me ask you this question today. What is your greatest need? I personally believe as we study the scriptures and the word of God will confirm it, that your greatest need is to be in right relationship with Jesus Christ. Your greatest need is to be forgiven of your sins. Your greatest need is, is the gift of eternal life. If you're here today and, and that greatest need has not been met, I'd like to give you an opportunity to receive eternal life, to receive forgiveness of sins, to be able to enter into a relationship with Jesus. You know, we're going to take a moment and give you an opportunity, and then we're going to pray for those that would be willing to have their greatest need met. But maybe there's another great need that you have. Maybe you're facing a financial burden, a challenge, Maybe you're facing some other difficulty in your personal life. You need to determine that God is your source, your source of provision, that he's the answer to meet you at your point of need. I'd like you to stand up together. 
And at this time, I'd like you just to take a moment and bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is the time where the Spirit of God wants to interact with you because God's presence is here because I believe that he confirms his word with signs that follow. And he's here to meet you today. And maybe you are here and your greatest need has not been met. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. And and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know that my life is right with God. If I were to die today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. If that's you and you say, pray for me because I want to be certain. I want right relationship with God. Just lift your hands, okay? I see that. Are there others this morning that you would say, I want to give my heart, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I'm ready and willing to surrender to him today. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. If you lifted your hand, especially take this prayer and be serious about it. Mean it from your heart. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father. We can all pray this together. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge my greatest need is you to be in right relationship, to be forgiven of my sins, and to possess the gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, I believe in you, that you died for my sins, that you rose from the dead to give me new life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I believe in you. I invite you to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We ask him to make our life what he wants it to be. At that invitation, there's something that transpires. There's something that happens. He actually takes possession of our human spirit. And he begins to transform us and change us from the inside. We literally receive the very life of God, his very nature that has a transforming impact upon our life. See, Christianity is not just embracing a belief. It's embracing a life transformation. It's embracing a relationship with Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Now there's others you have needs today. And in a moment, we're going to have our prayer team come up here. They'll be able to pray with you if you raise your hand to receive Jesus for the very first time or to rededicate your life to him. The prayer team will be available for you as well. Thank you so much for being so attentive thank you so much for listening to the refuge podcast to find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net